Hi, and welcome to The Social Angle, a podcast that helps promo pros gain an edge in the social media realm. I'm Vinny, and on this episode, I am joined by social media trailblazer and industry vet, Dana Zezzo of American Solutions for Business. Dana, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. How are things out going out in Ohio? They are awesome. We've had a beautiful week, so weather's great. Same here. So we have a great show. Um, you know, we're going to fire up the DeLorean and we're going to take a trip back in time to talk about what social media was like in our industry in the 2000s. I've got a ton of questions for you, um, some surprise ones too. So are you ready to rock? I'm ready to roll. All right, man. So, you know, everyone knows. I always think like, you know, everyone knows Dana Zezzo. But for those who don't know you, can you take a second to introduce yourself, uh, your business and how you came to be in the promo industry? Yeah, thank you. Um, I don't think everybody knows Dana Zezzo. <laughs> that is not true. There's no way. Um, my name is Dana and uh, I'm a country boy who who worked really hard and grinded and and um, worked my way up through the promotional products industry. I'm now the uh, one of the vice one of eight vice presidents at American Solutions for Business. One of the I think ASI's counselor top twelve. I think we're twelve this year um, distributors, which is an honor to be um, on the distributor side. I was always on the vendor side my whole career, twenty plus years, and. Um, just the life brought me down a, a road that ended up uh, at American. Um, Justin Zavadil, the president, and I have been um, close for a long time, and so he worked hard to, you know, try to get me over and and finally uh, close the deal. <laughs> nice. And they have um, their offices are in Minnesota. Is that correct? Yes, Glenwood, Minnesota, small town, twenty five hundred people, and uh, I think it's called uh, was it wet. Central West, West Central Minnesota. It's uh, basically directly between Fargo and Minneapolis. Absolutely beautiful town on uh, uh, the 14th largest lake in Minnesota. So if you're a fishing boating fan, it is a mecca. So it's right up your alley, right? Yeah, was it? Yeah, Justin's recruiting was basically taking out on a pontoon boat and catch a bunch of fish. <laughs> I'm telling you, what is it? The, the Minnesota state nickname is a land of ten thousand lakes or something like that. So yeah, they got you. They they cast yep, out that exactly. reel and they they hooked you in. Um, so that's great. Um, so let's talk about history of this industry and history of social media. So um, I started doing social media for ASI back in 2008, 2009. And when I started doing that, there were a handful of industry people like yourself, um, you know, a couple people, Jeff Solomon, I remember uh, Bobby Lee Hugh, uh, Kirby Hassman, they were already out uh, in the social media uh, interwebs and they were they were doing social media right. Can you let us know what inspired you to be an early adopter of social media and how you knew it would be an important facet of business? Yeah, absolutely. That so I remember that wave that the people that you mentioned there and, you know, really um, there was a, a little pre wave before that um, to do credit where credit's due, you know, uh, Charlie Johnson. Um, you might know him from the industry. I remember. Yep. He was a very early pioneer, um, too. And then um, right in that era, too, you know, uh, Mark Graham and Danny Rosen and um, and a lot of people were, were really picking up on the topic and seeing the value. So what inspired me, I actually was fortunate enough to go to an industry event that was basically like a facilitator training. Um 
I always aspired to be a motivational speaker. Zig Ziglar was my idol when I was young. And when I say young, I was listening to cassette tapes of Zig Ziglar and my friends were listening to like Death Leopard, you know, so <laughs> if we could paint the picture. Um, so, you know, listening to Zig Ziglar and, and learning the art of sales and that it's a true, respectable profession. Um, I went to this facilitator training that it was, I was super thankful that I got asked to go to because they knew I wanted to be a speaker um, and met this, this guy. I don't know, remember his name. I, I owe this guy a lot. I got to find him somehow. And um, I'm kind of like that overachiever kid in class. I'll go early and stay late, you know, and, and, I was having, I had written theories on sales, one called the scale, uh, selling, um, the scalability of selling and I've written some theories and I wanted to present them to him, right? Cause I'm that kid. I wanted to right. like, Hey, is this legit? Like, do I got a chance that, and he started reviewing it and he's like, this is stuff's good. And he's helping me. They taught you how to do PowerPoint better and things like that. And he says, uh, he's like, uh, you know, you, he challenged me on social media. And it was so early back then. And I was like, no, you know, no. And really it was no, probably more of a family thing. I think a lot of the fears that people had, my wife and I just like, mm, yeah, we don't want to be that public. And so um, he challenged me though. And it made me really step back and think about it. And from that, I got home from that trip and started doing a lot more research um, and thought, man, social media to me is runs very parallel to the art of selling you know get people your job is to get people to know like and trust you and if social media is you know you approach social media with that mindset it's golden and so i kind of talked to my wife and you know said hey you you comfortable with this and that that's amazing that you think back when social media started that you like had to have maybe a conversation with your significant other that are we comfortable <laughs> with this like you know what's going to come out like we got to you know so we kind of said she understood it and so again i'm an overachiever i laid the hammer down put the gas put the foot on the gas and wow i mean i never thought that it would be what it was so i started being able to get from the vendor value, I started to get product um, to market faster. We would launch product and there, you know, historically there was an 18 month lag in traction and we're starting to see it go to six months and four months and three months where we're already seeing sales history on new product when, and the owners of these companies are like, this is insane. What is it? And I'm like, it's gotta be social media. Right. And so we just, we never let up the gas and I was able to really help a couple companies, ProTals and Jetline really put their brands on the market and tell their value, you know, their brand story. And we drastically grew those companies. And an element of that was just more people knew we were there. It wanted to do business. Right. I, I love that you brought up no like and trust, you know, because I think back to what I see on social media in 2021, I still see people trying to just sell on social media, which is, you know, from the dawn of man, it's it's been the wrong approach. Um, but 12 years ago, 13 years ago, you already understood that social media was an important mechanism into networking and, and, and learning, um, you know, how to connect with others who are using the social media platform, you know, who might be right for each other to do business. And I think that's really, um, you know, to, to have seen that in 2009, when back then, I, I fully believe that most companies were just putting 
social media in the hands of the interns. Yet here yeah. you were, you were, you looked at it and you were like, Hey, this is, this is an important, you know, uh, tool, you know, for us, for, for sales people to really get our name and our brand out there. But so kudos to you for seeing that. Yeah. I think it, you know, it's, it, it comes from, you know, just be, you know, respecting the art of selling and, you know, I, I mean, my life's in a different place, but literally up until three years ago, I swore that my my tombstone would read born a salesman, died a salesman, because I want to prove to the world that there is a profession in sales that has the highest of integrity and ethics and moral value. And, you know, I was an honor to my father and my grandfather who were salespeople. And I'm, I, I wanted to carry that tradition on. Now the irony here in the later part of my life is I've been, you know, I'm not involved in sales, but I do still get to embrace helping American tell its brand story through a social strategy. The nice thing now is I have this amazing young staff who right. I don't have to convince it works. Like, in right. the early years, um, it, it spent you had hours just to convince someone to accept it and embrace it. Not before you could even start getting into the strategy of the content. So um, it's so nice to see that it seems like our industry is beyond that now. But yeah, yeah I mean, my I think some of my first um, people that inspired me. There's this guy. Um, it's funny, the people that probably affect you the most don't even know you're on the planet. There was this guy, he was a Canadian actually, and his name was Shane Gibson. And I think I was more fascinated by his voice, um, which, you know, Zig Ziglar and learning voice um, fluctuation as an art. Um, uh, when I listen to Shane Gibson, um, he his sound just is so pleasant on my brain and he was um putting out a lot of content back in the day called uh, social selling and i was listening to him and i'm like you know everything was like yeah 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 that's what i'm talking about yeah yeah and uh you know so he would just feed what i already felt and so obviously when you know you just keep listening so he was kind of one of my uh my first uh inspirations that's for sure well, that's great. So if you have a comment, um, a question for Dana, feel free to just comment, um, you know, and we'll get to your um, questions or comments. So right now we have a few. So Tim Hill has said, it's Dana. Hey, buddy. Um, so and he's also he also said fishing. He is in. <laughs> so um, definitely Tim Hill is, you know, I'm sure you know him. He's, uh, you know, Mr. Mr. Coffee, Mr. Coffee. He's <laughs> in social media and he's Mr. Coffee. <laughs> yep. And we also have, uh, we have several questions, you know, I'm not going to get to all of them now. Um, actually more like comments. Um, so Danny Rosen says, Charity Gibson is the early queen if Dana Arzezo is the early king of social. <laughs> and they both do so well with building real relationships online as well. Social selling, something that is incredibly difficult. Bravo, friends. Of course, the that's Danny Rosen. Well, you Danny know, Rosen. So Danny Rosen went on to be a speaker in the industry, and obviously now, you know, on the PPI board, he just—I mean—he's been such an impact. His and he's just such a, you know, a humanitarian for our industry, yep. showing people that what give back, selling, and stuff. He's taken it to somewhere like to a whole nother level. So kudos to him. I see he made a comment about the hotel view. That's a funny story. So. <laughs> You got it. You, you want to hear this one? Yes, so, of course. So I'm I'm running the circuit, you know, um, speaking at all the regional associations. 
uh, uh, honored speaking for ASI at different things, um, speaking for all the large distributors, uh, and it just running like literally it was like another full time job. Like I, when I when I was young, I wanted to be a professional speaker. I, I rethinking that as an adult, you know, it, it's a it's a grind. But so I'm sitting in a hotel. And I'm preparing for a social media presentation the next day. And again, I've told you I'm an overachiever. So I'm looking at my PowerPoint. I always want to tweak it. Um, you know, I'm adding new pictures and then I'm trying to promote it. And I'm doing everything I can do because I know that I can help control this destiny. So one of the things I taught in my sessions was about content balance. So I teach people to go back and look at their feed as if you were not you, but if you were a customer or a friend or whatever, and look and see if there's a balance. And what I would teach him that, uh, that if it was all work, that this new world would interpret you as a workaholic, you don't care about your family, you're greedy, you're money hungry. And that's, a you know, back when I was young, that was an accepted personality. It is not today. So I would say if your content has too much business, you're going to look greedy or money hungry. Vice versa, if everything I see is your vacation pictures, it's like your customers like, when the hell do you work? When do you, <laughs> you're making too much money on me because you're on vacation all the time. So I would teach him to balance. So I thought, well, if I'm going to teach him this, I better make sure I have it. So I'm running through my content one night, right? Because I used to actually have the crazy mindset of taking my social media and I would put them on the screen live during my sessions. It was insane. Because anything could go wrong, right? And, and, it, and it probably did. But yep. all of a sudden, one night before my thing, I realized that my content's kind of out of whack. And I'm sitting there, you know, you picture yourself, Hampton Inn. You can picture the desk, the two beds behind you, the sliding glass door to the left, the bathroom to the right, right? One bazillion nights in my life. I'm looking around. I'm like, I look out the window, and it was like, all of a sudden, I had this thought. If people wonder like my life, like they're intrigued by my life because my brand was building, I wonder if they ever thought every night there is a different view. And what would that feel like? Hence, hotel views. And it was it was a it was literally a post that started to fill and balance my content before a session that blew up into just a major campaign and. Ultimately, it worked great because I would do a hotel view and then a lot of people would start guessing. And then when they would start guessing, the distributors, I remember I was a vendor then, the distributors would, you know, probably somewhere in the comments, I would end up kind of letting out where I was. I would get multiple appointments from distributors. Oh my gosh, you're in my town. Let's meet up for coffee. Well, as a supplier, that's like golden ticket, right? So it was just the best campaign ever. It was it was a blast. I used to follow your hotel view all the time, and in fact, it inspired me a couple of years back. Um, you know, I did a West Coast trip. You know, stayed in a whole bunch of hotels, and I was hashtagging all my stays with hotel view. I was doing exactly what you were doing because I thought that was such a cool idea. And I remember looking at some of your hotel views, going. Oh man, I'm so jealous. What a view. And then some of your hotel views, I was like, where is he staying? <laughs> It'd be like was a it brick wall what, in New York City. It was or a dumpster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we have a, a couple more comments and keep them coming. Um, Jer Jenny Quinn Straub says, I just think how many people Dana has influenced and made the industry better because of it. I thank him for the lessons he taught me. Wow. So that's thank Jenny, you, Jenny Quinn Straub. Let's talk about what the social media landscape was like in the 2000s. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what the social networks were like? Because I know a lot of people today look at it like, 
you know, there's so many new features, but what was it like back in, in the 2000s? Yeah, I mean, it was all brand new. Um, you know, Facebook was just exploding. Um, LinkedIn was getting traction. I mean, you know, Snapchat, TikTok, I mean, Instagram, you know, kind of didn't exist. Pinterest was there in some of my uh, time going at it. You know, Pinterest was just starting to get traction, which now I don't really know if it's even really a, t a player anymore. So Facebook and LinkedIn by far. Uh, well, oh, Google. Um, what was Google's? Uh, what was Google's? Oh, uh, um, Google Plus. Google Plus. So yeah. there's. So you're, you were trying to keep all the pro profiles and feeds on all those, but the, obviously the Google. I don't think that really ever got any traction. Now it but, is. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it was Facebook Dead on and arrival. LinkedIn. That, that, Facebook and LinkedIn, without a doubt, and you know, it was just a lot of scrutiny. Um, you know, people looked at Facebook as, as you know either you know, a way to let all your opinions out to the world or totally subject yourself to every criminal, you know, um, I mean, I would literally do sessions. People said, well, I'm not going to post people breaking into my house. Right. And I'm like, wow, wow. I don't know how to, I don't know how to help you through that one. Um, but yeah, it was under a lot of scrutiny for privacy and people just didn't, you know, there, obviously there were definitely early adopters way beyond me that, found out how to use it and build a network and, and then how to, how do you monopolize that network? But when right. I was doing the sessions, I mean, this industry, I will say, and I'm sorry if I offend anybody, but it was not a fast adopter to social media. So when I would do those sessions, it was, uh, there was, it was a challenge. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, there was one thing about social media back in that time. It was, you know, we, we had fewer choices and, we were limited in what we did. So like, uh, you know, the networks allowed you to post text. They allowed you to post links, but you couldn't do much else. You couldn't post videos. You couldn't do um, images like it, you were really limited. So in a strange sort of way, it was it was easier. It was easier <laughs> because we knew the networks people were on and we could see what everyone's doing nowadays. I think it's a little bit more complicated. We have a lot more. Uh, platforms to use. We have different mediums to use. It's, you know, it's, it's a different game in 2021 than it was in, in 2009. Um, so yeah, that's, you know, a lot has changed, um, you know, and, and depending on how you look at it, you know, it's, it could be harder or it could be easier, but it's nice to know that back then, you know, um, you know, there were challenges just like there are today, um, you know, and, and you touched upon them. So I have to ask you this question because this is one of the questions everyone talks about or or brings up um when when i first saw what you were doing on social media um you were doing this point you were you're always pointing and you're always saying get social get social so that that point actually had a name it was called the the zoin so can you tell us a little bit about the history of the zoin and and the get social yeah, again, a lot of this stuff happens by accident <laughs> and, and gets traction. So the so there was something to obviously when you're teaching and doing sessions all over the industry on social media, there's a lot of picture taking. Um, and, you know, I think it's a little bit of a, you know, a, a, how do I want to say it? A height challenge uh, thing I have, you know, I'm only 5'4". 
And so how do you stand out in a pitcher when you're 5'4 and everyone else is 5'6, 5'8, you know? And so I would, I always knew that where, how to work the angle of a camera just intuitively. And I always could like get that, you know, just something funny and point. And it was my weird way of standing out in a picture. Um, you know, and it's kind of jokingly like, I'm coming for you. Like you're next, you know, you're going to figure this out. And uh, it kind of stuck. And um, there was a young man working for me who, uh, his name is Scott Harris. I think he's watching. He commented. And I think he coined the name the Zoint, which is the Zezo Point. Right. And it just like, again, it stuck. So I'm like, all right, if it sticks and you know, I'm, I'm smart enough to know branding, right? Branding is like identity. It's that instant identability, you know, being identifiable instantly, whether, you know, if you watch American Idol, right? The, what do the judges tell those contestants? I can identify your voice immediately. Well, I'm telling you right now, I can't sing my way out of a paper bag, but my goal was to make myself, my look, and, and identifiable. And that was one of them goofy little branding accidents that was like, all right, I'll point and then it stopped. <laughs> and then I would start traveling doing sessions and I, I would everyone take a picture and everyone else would point. I'm like, all right, it's clearly sticking. <laughs> yeah, you know, in the, in the early um, days of my ASI career, um, I would really be back in the office well, or everyone was at the trade shows and they'd be sending all these images back and I would be, you know, every single picture you were in, you were pointing. And I was like, who's this guy that's pointing? Like the guy, this guy's pointing in every single picture. Um, and then I come to find out later that, you know, uh, there was actually a term for it. Um, and I was like, this is fascinating stuff. Like, I love this. Like, you know, the Zoin is is so perfect because like you said, it's a combination of pointing and, uh, you know, your last name starting with a Z, like perfect, the Zoin. And that, that had legs for, many years like you know wow. five years you know i would social media was if you were on social media there was a picture of you pointing and it was like <laughs> it was your calling card and i loved it, it i thought it was i, I know, thought it was I, great i know there's a phil martin's on there from warwick uh and that was a that was a cool thing we should talk about that a little bit too i think it was the first real bridge between education from distributors to suppliers but i'll come back to that but phil martin man no matter where i go to this day if i walk by him in a show in an industry he's like pointing at me <laughs> yeah. so the, some of the older vendors that used to bust my cahoons they still have a fun with it and i love it i mean you know this business is about being remembered i mean again that's what we that's what promo is right it's about being remembered and i it worked it, it it helped me be remembered but that was a big thing if you talk about you know the differences and some of the things i saw um so i grew up in the industry uh, and I was going to education and I would always be fascinated that I was one of one or two people that would attend uh, on the vendor side that would attend education. So I, I always found that fascinating. And why were vendors leaving this on the table? Now, I understand they're trying to get set up. You know, all, I understand all the reasons they wouldn't. But you have to own if you're going to teach yourself how to be better at your job and your profession, you, it, you own that. Right. No one's going to own that for you. The one thing I did see with social media that was revolutionary was when I would do the sessions, I would look, look out in the audience. You know, some were, hey, let's be honest, some were 10 people sometimes at these regional associates. Some would be three or 400, depending on the wow. event. But half the room would be vendors and half would be distributors. So it was really cool that I was part of a, you know, a time and a topic that was so 
misunderstood, you know, that it intrigued both sides of the aisle, so to speak. And it really, I mean, you know, you got people commenting, you know, I see suppliers commenting, right? So to this day, that that was kind of amazing that and that I'm glad I could be part of that because I feel like that both parties came together to learn, learn the subject matter. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, it's like, you know, when we do the shows, it's, you know, education day is mostly distributors, you know, they're, uh, the suppliers are setting up. Um, but yeah, they're the value of the education for social media, you know, goes both ways. I think, you know, look, there's different applications of it for, uh, for suppliers than there are for, for distributors for sure. But I think, you know, the, the main gist of it is the same. And, you know, for, for people to be educated on both sides of the aisle, I think is important, you know, because you can, you know, suppliers and distributors can you utilize uh, social media for sales. You know, they just got to figure out, you know, which way to go with it. Um, so let's talk about, you know, the last couple of years. So, you know, I talked about um, this with, I talked about the Zoint with, with Taylor Borst and she had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> Thank um, goodness. <laughs> yeah. So in the last couple of years, you know, maybe even longer, five, seven years, you know, I don't see much of, of the Zoint anymore. It seems to have been retired. You know, I see you on social media posting pictures of hunting and fishing. So, you know, have you retired from, you know, the social media aspect of business, um, you know, or you've just behind the scenes a little bit more? Yeah, great question. Um, actually, I think uh, there's some people from Promo Kitchen who've kind of asked me this question before. Um, I, well, let's, just, let's go with the Zoint first. The Zoint's kind of been retired. Um, it, uh, it it had its day. It's done. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a little more behind the scenes. Um, you know, the... I was able to use social media in the setting I was in to not only help my personal brand, which was not my main goal of doing it. It was to help the company that trusted to hire me to, you know, to grow their company. That was the main reason. And my self-branding came along with it. And I just got, you know, just, I got to a point in my career here at American where, you know, I'm not American was is way bigger than me the roles i had before you know i played a part in being the face of those companies um i'm not really the face of american american is a big big ship i'm just here to help you know a little bit and that's that's a very different role for me and at my age and my career and what I've, my grind and the travel it's welcomed because um it's not is not intense and all that pressure is not just on your shoulders per se so yes definitely behind the scenes a little more again i have a young staff um uh that is amazing and they get it so like i don't like i don't really have to overachieve in it because i'm not really trying to show anything at american you know taylor and her team um they fully understand why we use it how we use it when we use it and things like that. And we're always trying to create new ways to use it. So it's, yes, it's very behind the scenes. Um, we have some internal stuff that I've built out at American, um, new ways to communicate with the home office and the, and the sales associates. We have 650 sales associates around the country. So we've created a lot of social media internally. I'm extremely active. Sometimes the president Justin will say, Hey, you know, 
you might want to back that down a little bit. Um, but I'm extremely active. And again, that's all about having your priorities in the right place. My priority is I was hired to do something in American, so I'm trying to improve that. I'm trying to help our sales associates make more money. That's my job. And whether that's through marketing, social media, you know, whatever. I'm not a sales manager anymore. So I'm comfortably taking a back seat to that and working on the inside to help the communication within the company. And it's been awesome because it's kind of like a different challenge. It's like I'm using like what I learned in a different aspect and it's fun because it's, it's almost like a new challenge right so do you still believe in the power of social media as you did a dozen years ago one thousand percent i love that one. answer i mean i i figure you were going <laughs> to say that um but yeah you know like I, there's so so much intimidation about social media right now because there there's so many different platforms there's so many different types of mediums that you could be uh posting uh you know small businesses struggle with like, where should I be? What should I do? It's an, it's intimidating, you know? Um, but, but I agree with you. I think there's so much opportunity to, you know, capitalize on social media and, and social media is powerful. We all know that we've seen what it can do, you know, for good and bad, you know, social media is just a very, very powerful, um, medium. And I think, uh, businesses think should be, I see, some, of I see I see some of my vendor relations staff saying he has not retired from social media. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Um, well, you know, also I'll add, um, you know, you if you didn't believe in social media pre-pandemic, like you missed a huge opportunity because maybe one of the only ways for you to have interaction during the pandemic was social media. So like kudos to those who who got on board before because man if you didn't like there was where the world shut down but you know you could still work with people back on facebook you saw them playing games with their family you know you saw them baking you know what did everyone do bake i gained like 15 pounds because my <laughs> kids were bake at home baking you know we're doing puzzles again we're you know hiking and you know it was fun to watch distributors and people from asb posting pictures like that and saying, Oh, is that a great trail? You know, good for you for staying outside. Or, you know, if they got COVID, you were able to kind of be there for them to say, Hey man, hang in there. I had it. You'd be okay. You know, so social media during the pandemic, what an amazing way to keep in contact with your customers. So for all of those distributors in the country who did kudos, if you didn't, you're that much farther behind. I agree. I think it was a lifeline for, for a lot of people. You know, they relied on social media for, you know, keeping in touch with their clients. And it became like, you know, and I hate to use the word simple, but it's simple, but very, very effective way to just make sure everyone you knew was okay. And, you know, that a lot of people did that with family too, you know, like, you know, my family's all over the country and, you know, it's like, I couldn't see them. And, you know, reaching out to them through social media, um, you know, doing video, like it was just an amazing way to keep in touch with people. And, you know, I think social media takes a bad rap for, um, you know, the negativity um, and the misinformation that it spreads. But also I think, you know, looking at it uh, from a different perspective, you know, there's a lot of good that it does as well. And I, and I really am, I'm, I'm bullish on the power of social media um and what it could do for businesses i think one of the smartest um campaigns that facebook put out recently was the groups and the communities have you seen the commercials um you know where they push 
you know, connecting with like-minded people. Mm-hmm. That's, that was brilliant marketing um, because that's what the world needs. You know, we're, we're kind of like the jack of all trades, master of none, you know, the world is becoming. And so you, you need to keep that strong connection to people with like interest. Um, it's motivating, right? That, that your friend hikes, you know, I see Steven Myers, an icon in the industry for years. The dude's like hiking the Appalachian Trail and he just makes me get up in the morning and go for a walk. Like, it's like, right. Steven, you're killing me, man. You're living my dream. Kudos to you. Um, but I feel closer. Now, next time I, you know, see Steven, it's, it's, it'll be a warm, inter, you know, interaction. Dude, you hike part of the Appalachian Trail. I've dreamed of this. Talk to me. Tell me the story. That is what it's all about. Um, I see one of the questions about, you know, what's advice, social media advice for a newer supplier. Um, I would say that if you're going to make an investment in in personnel, if your company's in a financial position, I think one of the smartest positions uh, a supplier can hire right now is um, a, a younger um, person with us. Now these kids are getting like social media minors and degree you know in sure. college and degrees like there's a legit uh education um you know line here so i would say make the investment um it's probably very affordable for a supplier um you know it, it, uh, that that social media person is as powerful as a salesperson i apologize to all the sales people you'll probably want to beat me up for that one but i think a social media person is as powerful as having feet on the street so invest in the position uh, i agree um and that question came from rich corvalan so um you know thanks for the uh, question rich i agree with with you know the fact that social media is no longer the intern's job it is now an educate like it's a, it's a degree now you know people are coming out of college uh specializing with social media you know and, and we have one ourselves here at asi uh you know melissa newman she is you know doing great things for us you know we hired her to do social media and she's doing a great job and look it's 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 the it's the future i mean you need to to look into hiring people with social media as you know one of their primary skill sets not just something hey i do this you know for fun i i have a i have a facebook page so i do social media <laughs> well not really you you're not really doing it for a business and there's a lot of you know nuance there when it comes to social media and business so we have a, a few more questions and i know we've we've got a lot of comments out there we can get to um so um, what aspect of today's social media appeals to you most from a business perspective? And what I mean by that is like, what kind of features out there uh, should people really be jumping on? Um, yeah, I would say the, and I, I used to say this before, but I'm going to keep going and it's not a real new feature, but you, you fully got to embrace the messaging. Okay. Um, the messaging. Is, so what's happening is the cybersecurity in corporate America is, mm becoming a serious thing. I mean, we have a full-time person at American that all they do is cybersecurity because we ward off many attacks uh, daily, actually. Um, so with the cybersecurity is a challenge to sometimes communicate with your customer who's behind that wall, whether it's file size, it's some, some won't even let a YouTube link come through. Mm. So again, are you going to keep you know, wondering if your customer got your message or are you just going to go to a platform where you absolutely know they'll get it. So 
you can there's I don't think there's a file size limit on Facebook Messenger or you can post, you know, send them a YouTube link. Um, and, you know, it's an amazing way to communicate. I think getting in somebody's inbox, you know, sales professionals in this industry. And so Taylor and I have committed to do social consulting for one sales associate a week and they sign up and they fill out a survey. And the one thing we see is their reluctantly reluctancy to believe the comfort zone, which is email someone. Well, the problem is, depending on the importance of your communication, you could not be a priority in that inbox. So look at Messenger as a way to sidestep being not prioritized um, and, and, and fighting in somebody's very busy inbox because most people will check their messages, right? Because it also could be their second cousin from Honolulu who's giving them their timeshare. So you can get in their queue um, and get read and not worry about the cybersecurity issues of the file size, um, the video you want to send them, things like that. So, I mean, one feature that's way underutilized is Messenger and all the platforms. That's fascinating, Dana. You know, I, and I haven't really heard about that or no one's really touched upon the issue that um, cybersecurity can bring up in terms of getting your communication across. And you're right, you know, the the East Coast um, pipeline just got hacked, you know, it, it created all kinds of problems for, for gas, you know, you know, cybersecurity is a big issue in this country. Um, and lots of companies are locking down. So, so you're right, you know, email, which is for a long time been the, the primary mode of communication for a lot of businesses now may not be so true. Uh, and, and we're seeing it too with ASI, people are going to social media to, you know, first to do their messaging. And we're seeing it, especially from the younger generations, millennials, the, you know, the Gen Z's, they're the ones who go to social media first when they have, when it comes to customer service or to communicate, you know, that is what they grew up with. That's their, that's their instinct. And I think people need to adapt. That's a great point. I, you know, I didn't think about that, but certainly it's, it's one of the things I think people should be mindful of. Um, yeah. I mean, cause you know, if you think about it, the audience, you know, for you and I, uh, is the distributor salesperson, right? Let's be honest. I mean, and then you have the vendors, but the distributors are, they make a living by communicating with their customers. Man, you better be pretty open-minded to how that goes down. Cause if you're going to stick in email, my kids won't even deal with you. <laughs> like you, you made the reference right. to the generations. My kids will not, will barely interact with you. Now you text them or Snapchat message them or Instagram message them. They'll reply all day long. So you got to think about that. Like, who is your customer? Um, and yeah, there's times when email is appropriate, like, because you have a paper trail. I get that. But man, did you approve the proof? You don't <laughs> need to put that in an email, right? right. You just freaking text that or message it in Facebook or something. Just, um, you know, if you make a living getting moving the process along, you got to be pretty open minded to that process. I agree 100%. So we have a comment here. Um, let me find it because um, so this is from Tim Hill again. He said, when will we see Dana Zezo dancing on TikTok? Dana, 
<laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen. I, I, again, I am very fortunate in my career that I do not have to lead the charge. And I have staff that is embracing it. I know Taylor's killed it with TikTok and, and become very well known. And that's awesome. And I know is actually building an American um Ver, a page or a profile for TikTok. So I'm going to let these young whippersnappers have fun. I, I had my day and it's, it's time to let the next generation who probably knows it a thousand times better than me to let them, you know, my job now is just to lead them to enjoy the same thing that I mean, I had the, my career is not over, but man, I had an absolute amazing career. And I got to be honest, like I could, from a career and family and life perspective, I could die tomorrow. And I, I am content. I had a great life. Um, and I want other people to enjoy that and have that same feeling. Let's hope you don't die tomorrow, Dana. So no, I, don't want, I don't want to, but I'm just saying like, I, I, yeah. I, I, a part of being what success is, is accomplishing your goals. And I had a list of them, and I accomplished a lot of them, and I'm happy. Right, hundred percent. Like you know, I'm a little younger than you, and you know, I feel great about what I've done in this industry, and you know, I still have, I still have goals, um, you know, and I and I want to reach them. But but you're right, you know, passing the torch, and and, and on that token, it leads to my next question: passing the passing the social media torch to the, to the next generation. Who are some of the people in this industry that you see doing some really good things? And I know we talked about Taylor uh, who works for you and she's, she's killing it. She's doing great, great stuff. Anybody else? Yeah. I mean, Taylor's killing it without a doubt. And I'm definitely watching the other distributors um, and they clearly have, have put some money into their staff and they're doing great things. Um, yeah, I don't know of anybody individuals that stand out. I'd have to jump back through my feed. That's a wild card question there, without yeah, a doubt. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I don't. Uh, no one jumps out. I'm sure there is. Um, gosh, I you got me. I want to answer it, but I don't know. Um, I don't know. If, yeah, it's we got to get in. you back out into the into <laughs> social media again. I know. I got to get back out. I check it every. You know, to me, it's um when we when I teach social media and now I'm, it's consulting on American side um, as a service from my, my department to the sales team, we, uh, we talk about work in the inbox and we teach, uh, we teach that you should simultaneously have your inbox up. You know, the world is now multiple monitors, right? So you don't tell me you don't have the real estate anymore, but you should have your inbox up. I get it. Simultaneously, if you work your inbox correctly as a sales professional, you should have LinkedIn and Facebook or kind of like whatever platforms you like. We can't, I can't tell anybody that those are the two perfect ones, but you should have them up. And as you work your inbox, you should cross all day long. So, so for me, my job now is to make vendors happy in American. That's part of my role. One of my departments is vendor relations. So um, the first thing I do when we get an inquiry from a vendor is connect with them on LinkedIn. And then I it might start a conversation. I do I search them out, kind of check them out, how long they've been there, um, see if there's something that, that we can talk about when we meet. But I'm still doing the same exercises today as I was before. It's just a, the audience has changed. Sure. Absolutely. All right. So I'm going to throw you on the spot with this question, too. What's your best or craziest memory from an ASI show? All right. I actually have one. And and I this is not pre-rehearsed. So this I was thinking about this. And it actually came up in a conversation with my staff uh the the like within the last couple of days. So the the coolest thing that ever happened to me. So remember, 
I'm young and I want to be a motivational speaker and Zig Ziglar is my item, right? So I want to be a professional motivator speaker, which comes with notoriety or fame, you would think, right? So I, one time, I think uh, Tim Andrews and maybe some staff people were, were, were asking me to come speak at an ASI event. And I said, yeah, but have you read my writer? You know, I, I thought that would be kind of funny. And, and, and I think Tim might have challenged me and said, well, okay, okay, what's your writer? And I said, green M&Ms in a crystal bowl. Don't know where I came up with that. I just made it up. Because I thought, man, I, I think you'd have to like separate them by hand. So that would be like the egotistical famous person. That would be some stupid thing they'd ask for. Wouldn't you know, I showed it and checked into my room. And there was a glass bowl, a crystal glass bowl full of green M&Ms. So Tim called my bluff. <laughs> that's amazing. That That's an old Van Halen story. The, yeah. um, and I love that story. It's about... Um, you know, I want to get into details, but, you know, they have this whole list of details about what they want the roadies to do and to make sure that they do everything at right in the middle. They they put this like, you know, every room has to have M&Ms with the brown M&Ms taken out. And <laughs> that's just a, a, an insurance, uh, you know, method for them to know that if they get to the rooms and they have M&Ms and there's brown M&Ms in them, they know that the manual wasn't read fully and that there could be issues. I love that. I mean, so that's, that's really cool. Green M&Ms. All right. So we that have was, a question. I'm sorry. Like, do you have more for that? No, I was just, I just, it was so funny. Like, I'm sure I have a picture of it. So, so if I ever write a book, which I doubt it, cause I'm not well-written. Um, I was given <laughs> the gift, I was given the gift of speech, not the skill of writing. So, uh, but I know I have a picture of it. I got to resurrect that because that was like one of the coolest things. It's like almost one of your inside moments where you're like, man, I made it. I made it. I got a bowl of green M&Ms. <laughs> if you have a picture of that, man, send it to me. We'll, we'll include it in the write-up. So we have some questions here. So Benjamin Taylor says, Dana, what platform do you think will make the largest impact moving forward? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. Um, I think uh, I'm still, I mean, I'm watching my kids and what they're doing. You know, I have uh, three daughters, um, the oldest being 32, 33, and the youngest being 20. So uh, I've actually got to watch them interact. I mean, and it is amazing. I mean, my youngest is, basically has a, a faith-based apparel company that is all driven off social media. And I mean, she's able to hyper tag inside of Instagram photos that drive people directly to her site for, for purchase. And um, she does similar stuff on chat, Snapchat and stuff. So I don't want to discredit those by any means. Um, you know, I know there's a younger generation that kind of has a weird feeling about Facebook because, you know, their parents were on it or something. I never thought I'd see that day, but um I still think um, at the root of it, um, Zuckerberg nailed it. I still think social media off or Facebook offers the most um, value for a sales professional or a supplier trying to get traction in the industry because of all the features that are there. It's still very human. It still connects people. It still gets people to know, like, and trust you. Um, it's still, you know, it has video where you can go live. 
Um, you know, we have an internal page all uh, at American and I go live in it all the time. I don't have to overthink it. Like all I gotta do is flip the camera around on my phone and press go live and title it. Um, it's super easy to use if it's embraced. Um, you know, something that's very underutilized is the events inside of Facebook. I mean, you, you built one for this. Um, I think when proper used, if you have a great network, um, I know on the supplier side, my example was, and, um, well, I mean, actually, I'll give this example on an actual example. We'll create a, we do a social for our vendor partners, um, say at one of the industry trade shows, and we'll do a little happy hour off the side and we'll buy them a drink or two. It's our thank you because we really do love our vendors. And so we use Facebook events. And the reason it's so easy is because we're already connected with them all. So you just go and invite them and it forces into their space, you know, they're so it, we don't have to send an email out. We don't have to do anything. So I think if, if, if a distributor and suppliers would better learn events inside of Facebook, I think you have a you can drive a lot more traffic to to your events, whether they're virtual or or, or physical. Um, so I just still think at the end of the day. Um, Facebook delivers the most value for a sales professional. LinkedIn is just too, they're trying like crazy. They've added video. They've added, you know, the ability to do a live to, um, it's just, it's too businessy. It, it's not business, you know, business happens on golf courses and happy hours and lunches, you know, breaking bread and, um, hunting trips and, and fishing trips, it, it's beyond boardrooms, the, yeah, the I, long, the long, hardcore relationships don't happen in boardrooms. LinkedIn to me is stuck in a boardroom. Hmm. And Facebook is just all of everything else. I like that answer um, because I agree with it. Uh, you know, Melissa laughs at me. I don't know if she thinks it's because I'm a dinosaur, but I, I still think that the platform that has the most potential is Facebook. Um, you know, I 100% agree that there is just massive potential out there to network. I think groups are a huge opportunity in this industry for distributors and suppliers to connect. It, you know, we see it every day. Uh, in our group, you know, in um, PPP group, like people are, are getting together and they're doing business on Facebook. Now, that said, it doesn't mean that um, like I, I really have a high opinion of Instagram as well. I think a lot. I love, of, I love Instagram. Yeah. I, I always joke for my kids that I'm making all these weird dying references. I'm sorry. It's not, it's not <laughs> morbid. But I always tell my kids my my Instagram play it at my funeral. Like it it if if you want to. Pay your respects to me. Just watch my Instagram for about 10, 15 minutes on a, on a scroll, and it will sum up who I am, what I'm about, what I love, and why I walk the face of the earth. Wow. I love I love the way that, that sort of segue to, to our last question. So that was perfect. So, Dana, I have one last question. It's going to be a fun question. Um, you know, I, I have a feeling I know the answer to this one. Fill in the blank. If I'm not working, I'd rather be hunting and fishing. There you go. That's that's exactly what so, I thought you would so say. The, fa the fact that it's predictable shows you social media works. That's right. Right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, like you said, like if I go to your Instagram, um, even your Facebook, you know, I see you catching 
really big fish and i'm like jealous i'm like man he's I eating good small, tonight i catch small ones too don't worry <laughs> yeah, but you're probably more apt to show the big ones um but now, yeah, I see so, someone i see someone comment i can't believe you didn't mention fish brain so if you want to have some fun social media the evolution of social media is it's now getting down to what i would call specialized audiences so there is a basically a facebook um called fish brain and it's it's awesome in a million ways one it's everybody on their fishes um they tell you what bait they caught it on they tell you where they caught it they tell you what time it was but it's really cool because um I'll travel a lot and I fish kind of wherever I go. I'm very fortunate. So I was in North Carolina on vacation. And again, thinking pre-social, I don't I would have went to the bait shop and tried to bribe the freaking guy at the desk with a case of beer, like what bait to buy, what's biting, this and that. Not anymore. Now you jump on fish brain, tell I make sure it knows where I'm located, and it shows me all the fish that are getting caught in my area and what they're using to fish with. I mean, are you kidding me? It's awesome. So there is social media now for fisher persons. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Fish brain. I got to check that out. So it's really basically like um, it's it's almost like crowdsourcing there. You're trying to, to find out from others, you know, what's going on, you know, what's biting where and, you know, the, the yep. bait that's available. That's really cool. Fish brain. It's super cool. Cool. All right. So do we have any more comments here? Uh, there's so many here. Um, a lot of, um, let me see. Let me see. Do you still have a MySpace page that comes I, from Tim Hill? I'm very fortunate to say I never had a MySpace. So there, that would kind of date me. If you had to peg me exactly when I came into the social media picture, it was MySpace was already dying right um, and and facebook was exploding so i didn't i never had a myspace page <laughs> all hey, right we'll make a comeback well i had one and i probably still have one somewhere dana but like i'm like you i didn't even know what it was called was it so, you know it didn't really have a term back then social media was really i think with the advent of of facebook where i think everyone got on board and was like okay this new thing called social media facebook is like really leading the charge um so yeah that's um the myspace thing like again like i s keep hearing people trying to resurrect it but it's really you know i don't think it's coming back i think uh i think what we see now out there you know we're gonna see a lot of and then, you know we're also seeing this this boom in audio um you know with clubhouse and now there's features on yep. different platforms with audio but i still think you know in five years you're still going to have the major players facebook instagram twitter uh linkedin you know youtube they're they're not going anywhere i'm just curious as to like how social media will evolve so i, so, yeah, I could i could argue that probably youtube even has a longer long a longevity that will outlast even facebook i mean if you look if you go to home depot <laughs> You can tell that every person in there literally watched a YouTube video before they walked in there. Like, it's like, it's now how you figure out anything, whether it's to fix a water heater or tie a knot with braided fishing line because it's different than monofilament. Like, it is incredible. It's like the longevity of, of YouTube is strong. Like, that's em embrace that and know that and figure out how to use that to your advantage.
I agree. And they're getting into the creator game now. They want people to actually create content on their platform, much the same way they do on TikTok. Um, so they're, you know, they're, I think they're the second most uh, clicked on website on the planet after Google. So, I mean, YouTube is huge. It's not going anywhere. People love video and they're, they're always going to go to YouTube for videos. And like, like you said, tutorial videos are huge. The other day I had yes. to change my, change the thread out of my uh, weed whacker and I couldn't figure out how to do it. I went to YouTube and within 15 seconds, I found a tutorial that some guy did just, just for people it's like incredible. me. It's incredible. I'm like, I don't need a manual. Like, boom, I just got this <laughs> video here. So it's, it's really great. So Dana, we're wrapping up here. So any final thoughts, you know, let us, you know, tell everyone how they can reach you. Yeah, absolutely. Just it's uh, Google Dana Zezo. I'm very fortunate. I have a unique last name. Google's very friendly me. Um, I'm on all the major uh, platforms, Instagram, um, Snapchat, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, be happy to answer any other questions. I've always been about um, perpetuating the, the industry, obviously, um, you know, was volunteer of the year one year, which is probably one of my highlights of my career. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, I love the industry. I love helping people. I love chatting about it. Um, feel free to connect whatever you want to do, but, uh, I'm super honored that, you know, you, you asked me to be on here. You called me a pioneer and, uh, you know, it makes me feel old, but it makes me feel very good and warm <laughs> inside. Well, I'm right there with you. I'm, you know, I'm up there in age and I've been around for a while. Um, so any, any, any plans of unretiring the Zoint? <laughs> no, no, no. My family, my family hates it. I can't do it. <laughs> they hated it. Uh, I'm gonna let it rest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Dana, thank you so much for being on today. And you know, you know, like I said, you know, hopefully, you know, we can connect uh, in the near future. Um, you know, and then, you know, we'll have a beer together. Absolutely. I'll buy. All right. It's a deal. All right. Thanks, everyone, for your comments, and we'll see you next time.